la 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 screen peeking bop 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 Hey everybody, welcome to episode 51 of Screen Peeking, a monthly podcast where Ziggy and I get together to talk about video games and anything video game related. And today we're talking about Elden Ring and we are joined by my brother Jesse. Thanks for being here, Jesse. Hey, happy to be here. We are excited to talk about Elden Ring and so much about it. Uh, for those who are concerned about spoilers, we had a little discussion before the show started. We're going to be talking about Limgrave, we're going to be talking about Kaled, and we're going to be talking about Lyurnia of the Lakes, I think, is what we just saw it was called. Um, but we're going to be it's pretty vague about a lot of like uh, specifics in terms of any bosses and items. We're not going to be talking about the main rune boss of uh, that area very specifically. Um, and then we're just going to be kind of going over all of our feelings and our uh, how far we're playing, uh, we've played in the game. Um, kind of the temperature check on how much we're enjoying it and uh, whether we've eaten it or not. So... Uh, Without further ado, uh, let's start with uh, you, Zig. How much have you played of the game so far, and uh, how are you liking it? Yeah, so I have uh, played, according to my Xbox achievements, um, I think like 50 hours. I want to double check that right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, 50, no, 40... Yeah, 50 <laughs> hours, okay. Um, I was trying to do the math, because it just says two days, two hours. Um hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. I probably won't finish it. Uh, we were kind of talking about this earlier. That's like not really the fault of the game. I think I just like, I, f I feel like I've talked about that a fair bit in here. Like long games generally are a little bit off-putting to me. And so I wasn't really expecting to finish it. Um, but like 50 hours is way more than I play of most games. So that should definitely Absolutely. say something about it. Um, but overall, like my nutshell, uh, I wrote down here, it says uh, FromSoft has created an excellent open world with a web of interconnecting systems that form a deep and expansive RPG, though it does sometimes feel bogged down by the design conventions of Souls games past and their commitment to sticking with what has worked for them previously. Well put. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Off the cuff, too. That's amazing. Yeah, um, came up with that right now. <laughs> right on. All right, now Jesse, uh, how how much have you played approximately, and uh, how are you feeling about the game? Uh, I'm feeling good about the game. Definitely love the game. I've played uh, what is it like 140 hours probably. I think it's something Holy. like that because I've. I know. I think is that what the like file guess, says? It's oh, because it's like 120, 140. So. Jeez. Holy yeah, dude, I've been playing a lot. <laughs> okay, so uh, um, and wait. I've been loving it. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, One character. If I could give a quick blurb about the game. I guess, yeah, I'm just impressed with how much it's like the old Dark Souls games in a lot of aspects, but then also feeling uh, just like the newest of it all because it has the most mechanics that just flow. And I feel it's the most forgiving, and I just feel like it's the most accessible, like it was planned to be. So. Yeah, I've just been really impressed by all of that, being a Souls fan in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that brings up a good point, Jess. Like, uh, I've played all the Souls games, you know, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Demon's Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Elden Ring now. Um, what about uh, what about you guys? Uh, Jesse, you go first, because you were just talking. Um, what, how, what games have you played from, from them before? Uh, I played Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, basically. I played, oh, and Bloodborne, but uh, just those and then 
Neo, which isn't a Dark Souls one, but it's similar Souls-esque yeah. game. And I played a ton of that, too. So I'm just familiar with that kind of combat. And then just the classic Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, being familiar with that kind of theme, mm-hmm. what they're going for. But, yeah. And what about you, Zach? And then, yeah, so I've had kind of a journey with Souls led mostly by you, Nick, like on this show <laughs> where uh, you... Well, I played Sekiro like a bit after it came out kind of like mm-hmm. liked it i liked the combat but kind of bounced off it just because it was very difficult obviously um and then you convinced me to play bloodborne which i liked but also didn't really like i don't know uh. fall in love with it per se and kind of like yeah ended up slipping mm. off that and then i went back to sekiro and then actually really liked it and started to really appreciate what he's doing but i think same thing just got pulled away on something else i mean it, mm-hmm. they're long games like i said before the chance of me ever beating one is very very slim um mm-hmm. And then, yeah, jumped into Elden Ring with a kind of... I'm glad I went back and played Sekiro because that did kind of give me that appreciation for the Souls design philosophy and what works about it, which I think is valuable going into this, which takes that and then bends it in such an interesting new way. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my history with that. Pretty pretty brief, I'd say, and pretty recent. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I just thought that would be good to get that uh, base out of the way for anyone watching and actually curious about, like, you know, what where our opinions are based off of, too. Because, you know, some people are just like, I'm a huge fan of Elden Ring. I haven't played any other games before this. But, <laughs> or, you know, it'd be good for to have that, that uh, context. Um, for me, uh, I'm about... I want to... Th- I think I was, I was just playing earlier. I think my file said, like, uh, between 100 and 110 hours. So, uh... And I've been just like exploring a little bit of everything. Uh, really, really impressed with the game. I'm having a huge amount of fun with it. Uh, I don't want it to end. I've been avoiding what I, every time I think it's the end of the game, I keep exploring and just doing everything I think I can <laughs> until I find something way too difficult. And then I'll go and continue the main main path, the golden path. And, uh, and then when I get another step closer and i think okay now i might be at the end then they go back and try the challenges again marking the map with the little skull icons on areas where i have fought a boss or i've gone to a dungeon and i haven't been able to complete it that's it's just been the best time ever um i think from software really nailed it and i think there's uh there's improvements to be made but it i think they've made a huge step forward since dark souls 3. yeah i agree (laughs) same yeah so, yeah, uh, so I feel like one thing we all kind of touched on is, uh, or I, I guess you didn't touch on this as much, but it's something I'm very interested in is the uh, more more the approachability factor of this game. That was a big thing uh, with mm-hmm. Miyazaki talking about that up to launch of like, this is our most approachable from soft game yet. Not necessarily the easiest, but the easiest to get into. Um, would you say you guys agree with that kind of, like you know with how much of it you've played at this point like do you, do you think this is the easy like if you had a friend and you really wanted them to get into souls would you hand them this or would you hand them another from soft game first uh, you want me to go first yeah go ahead Jess. Or, yeah <laughs> okay um yeah i would say i would say elden ring would be the one to get them into for a few reasons I wanted to say Dark Souls 1 just because that was it for me and I found it was felt good to be starting to get into a game where it's at its like the first of it. And even though Elden Ring is not Dark Souls, it feels like a Dark Souls 4 in a lot of ways other than the mm-hmm. story being different. Um, and I felt like Dark Souls 1 is very linear, but also has some really fun like 
trails that go off the main path that you could explore. It kind of like really keeps it small and condensed and introduces you into a lot of things that hopefully you love about Dark Souls games. And if you do, you'll love Elden Ring. But if you don't, you just probably shouldn't play those games. Like there's just a lot of those Dark Souls-esque features in the original that could help you ease into it. But I would say Elden Ring is the one I'd introduce them to is because the items and the flexibility on what you want to be very early on in the game is so welcomed that a lot of people I feel like would get turned off of playing Dark Souls kind of games because they go, oh, I want to I want to use this club and just stick with this the whole time through. And eventually you kind of get more punished for doing that unless you know what you're doing exactly in Dark Souls games. And I find in Elden Ring, there is a little more flexibility to that. Like, yeah, if you want to just stick with that club, it really can get you through a lot of the first, like, 50 hours of the game. And all you need to do is maybe upgrade it three times with the smithing stone, which they'll explain pretty straightforward off the beginning. So, like, I find it's, like, a lot of clear information, and a lot of flexibility on what you want to do and really eases that punishment that maybe people feel in dark souls games if you don't understand how the leveling works and then you're just like well i can't progress i'm just screwed and i have to start over again so i feel like it has the least amount of that happening which is great yeah, yeah i agree. agree i think oh so you go nick <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine all right uh yeah no i agree i think definitely the format of it uh is a lot better for new players like you said like it this feels more difficult, I think, than uh, like what I've played in past FromSoft games. Um, but it feels less punishing, which I think helps a lot because to me, what I often found discouraging, like through, in that first Sekiro playthrough I did where I fell off fairly quickly, um, the reason I was discouraged was just because of the punishment where I die and it would just slam me so hard and send me back so far. Um, and that just like felt so shitty. But in here having towards the beginning of the game where those boss runs just kind of don't exist anymore uh, with the statue of whatever I forget what it's called. But yeah, the way that you can just teleport right back to the boss um, in that first area, that helps a lot to like get you familiar with the the tempo of this game and the way it's meant to be played. Um, the one way I would say this is a little bit non-approachable when compared to others is uh i think it does it's harder to learn the systems in elden ring than in past from soft games mostly just because there's so much of it and from soft definitely has a they, they have quite a hands-off approach in terms of tutorialization where uh it's largely you teaching yourself things as opposed to FromSoft teaching them to you, which I think works totally fine in the more linear games. But as it opens up, I think that becomes harder where there's just more systems here and they all interconnect. And if you kind of you can totally miss one because it's, you know, like the item crafting is sold by a merchant in an area that you could totally miss and not be able to craft items at all for like hours and hours and hours into this game until eventually you realize you're like, oh, shit, there's a whole vital game mechanic that I was missing here. Um, which I think if you've played past from soft games, it's not as bad because you kind of know what to expect in that regard. Um, but I, I would imagine going in fresh, that could be kind of tough if you didn't have the help of like a friend or even just like a YouTube channel to kind of guide along. 
uh, through that. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like, I, I personally, if I was making the game, just would have put that merchant right at the beginning where that uh, white white mask guy uh, mm-hmm. is at that basically that first little bonfire that you come out of the open up into Limgrave and you walk forward and there's that dude standing there and he just basically insults you. It would have been nice if they had just the merchant right there, right? Where you could just see his inventory, remember, okay, that area right at the beginning, there's a guy selling some stuff. Even if you didn't notice that it was a crafting, like, but the fact that you have to go past that tree sentinel, which is mm-hmm. obviously a guy meant to be too hard to fight at the beginning of the game, right? He's supposed yeah, to just knock yeah. your teeth in and make you go, oh, okay, I need to come back later. Um, but he's right in between you and that that spot where you can get the crafting bag. And I think that is a bit odd because that could definitely deter people. Some like, okay, I'm not going that way. I'm going to go over to the side. And then they completely miss it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, while it's not the most important item uh, to get in the game, it's definitely crucial if you want to use bow and arrow. To be able to just make your own arrows is super helpful. Um, and then it mm-hmm. definitely has a lot of consumables that are nice to have, right? Um, it's just not, and it kind of would, you lose a whole part of your menu <laughs> if you don't get it, which is mm-hmm. kind of odd. It also or, sells you the torch, which there is mm-hmm. already just in that area. <laughs> tons of spots that, let's be serious, like you're supposed to use the torch because you really can't see. Like, it's dark. <laughs> I mean, you could go through without seeing, but like, for new players like that torch yeah. is a really good thing to get <laughs> like yeah i agree with that absolutely the also uh, the the like cave of learning in the i think it's what it's called in like the very very beginning of the game i kind of have a little bit of beef with because it is so easy to miss which i think yeah is maybe the wrong approach with that like mm-hmm. i think if it was easy to get around if you just don't care like i definitely think that should be a thing but for me playing the game, I like I knew there was some mechanics in the game just because I had heard people talk about them. But I'm like, I don't really know how to do these. And like, it's it's weird. It never told me the input for this certain thing. Um, and then later I realized that there was a whole tutorial section I missed. It's like, well, shit, that would have been nice to have seen the mm-hmm. first time around. Um, but I agree. And, and I, I think I a missed lot it. of those. I, think I missed a lot it when I was playing. Rah, 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 rah. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, hard so, when there's the delay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I, th- I think a lot of those issues fade like after five or ten hours when you kind of have figured out most of the main mechanics. Um, like it's definitely an early game issue, but uh, yeah. I was just going to say uh, that I totally missed that cave as well when I played the network test back in November. So like that's the only reason I went to it when I played the final game was I was like, oh, that's an actual thing. I completely forgot because it was the last when I was trying to explore everywhere in the network test. That was the last area I found <laughs> was the <laughs> tutorial boss. And that's why I have a little video clip on my channel of me killing that guy from with a spell because <laughs> I was just like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing until like after I got everything I could get. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about uh, like the the whole mechanic of using ashes of war, different weapon abilities, right? You can swap mm-hmm. them between different weapons and stuff. Of course, there are some limitations between some. Some are meant for pole arms or large, uh, colossal weapons or axes and whatnot. Um, but uh, how have you guys found them very fun, useful to play around with? You guys can talk about any you want because like I'm 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 fine with that. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, Jesse, why don't you go first? I absolutely love them. I think it's a great <laughs> addition to that styles of game, especially if it's like for someone like me, I think of Dark Souls as a as like a role playing kind of game. It's one of the beauties mm-hmm. of the Dark Souls ones more than like maybe 
uh, Sekiro is like you create your character, you have this hopefully an idea of what you want to become, and then you kind of find this gear and you level up in that idea, and then hopefully make that character by the end of it and beat the game with that. It's kind of part of the fun of it. And I find the Ashes of War really help with that with weapon choices. Um, such as for me, for my character, I'm focused down blood. I'm doing the hemorrhaging, which is like the buildup of blood and does a ton of damage if it builds up fully. And in an old game, I would be happy to find a blood weapon that does the blood damage and that's it. Like only stick yeah. with those weapons. There might be six or seven in the game and those are my weapons of choice if I want to play as a blood guy. Now I have find the blood ashes of war and then find the weapon I like and then put it on it and then it works like not all weapons work with all the ashes of war but there's so mm -hmm. much more that you can do and it makes the continuing of like exploring and finding items always fun and exciting even with a certain build in mind you're not just limiting yourself to oh now i only have these certain weapons and that's it until i play my next time with a different idea i think it's great it's i've been enjoying it so much with that in mind and trying out different weapons and slapping on a different blood ash of war. Um, What's your that's favorite just one? The scaling part. I was going to say the actual acts of ashes of war are very fun and exciting with just how combat switches up with whether you're summoning a spell with your weapon, like your sword, or you're like doing my favorite right now is like this blood slash where you literally just like puts his hand on the blade and slices and the whole splatter of blood right like it's just very uh cinematic or just mm -hmm. makes you feel like a badass and i think that's the focus of ashes of war meant to do is like very harness that power <laughs> and you just feel it and i love it so it's just good mm -hmm. in all everything i can't see a negative on ashes of war yeah i i really like the way that it uh changes the scaling of stuff where like you're saying mm. uh being able to like for me i'm doing mostly a dex and intelligence build um and so if there's a weapon that is like strength and dex and like, yeah, I could use this, but I can also put an Ash of War on it that makes it scale with intelligence and some and now it's way more powerful and fits with my build way better. Like, that's so awesome. It adds so much more flexibility yeah. to your build and for using everything around you, because um, there is definitely a bit of that frustration kind of inherent to games like this, where uh, you'll find a weapon. And you're like, oh, this is dope. I can't really use this. Um, and that definitely alleviates a lot of that issue, I think. So we've talked about like what it's like to use the weapon uh, or the different ashes of war and what it's uh, how cool it is to be able to choose your scaling. Um, one thing I wanted to bring to the table was uh, how cool it is when you see an enemy use a move that you're like, oh, I hope I can get that from this enemy or some point in the game. And then when you do finally or you pick up the item, you're like, oh, is it this? I think I know what this does. And you try it out and it is the thing. That is one of the coolest moments I have. Like, it's just being able to like collect the loot. Just like when you get the armor of the enemy, right? It's totally. kind of fun to be able to almost cosplay as like that May enemy. Man. Yeah, and yeah. you just be able to go, you know what? I got this guy's move. I got this cool blood slash or I got... Um, the icy stomp that I use all the time. And like these moves are so cool and fun to use and, and fun to use in different situations, depending on if it's a flying hawk enemy or if it's uh, like some beetle just running around pushing a poop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it definitely like Mega Man was the thing that I kept thinking of when I was playing this, you know, where you like beat a boss and then take their power and are able to use that from <laughs> then on. Which in Mega Man, like I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, but from what I've played of it, like that's always been, I think, one of the more memorable parts of that, of 
having like that physical totem that you can use of a thing that you defeated that was really difficult. Like it makes it feel more impactful and special. Mm-hmm. I think and having that there where uh, you um, will defeat like a certain boss and they use some crazy spell that wrecked your ass a bunch of times. Um, and then being able to turn around to use that spell on someone else. And it's just as powerful as it was with them just feels so cool. And it, it makes uh, the, the feeling of overcoming those really tough story bosses just like even more special, I think. Yeah. yeah totally. um, I really like uh, the spells and inc- incantations in this game a lot. Same. Um, going as like a mainly an intelligence person to start the game, I-, I was like just trying to get every spell I could and trying out every single one. And the fact that even just under spells, you have like the glintstone ones, you have the carrion knight ones, you have the uh, gravity empowered ones, and you have like blood sorcery, you have all kinds of like ice and like there's so many elements different like aspects to everything then you go down incantations you have like black flames and you have other like that reduce maximum hp or and slowly eats away at health over time on top of the damage you have other things that like do all kinds of wild effects and i just think it is so cool trying to think of how can i use this along with my weapon or how can i use this instead of a weapon maybe in a future playthrough um how do you guys find that stuff that was cool, yeah. The uh, highlight for me was, with, like, without going into too much detail, the the dragon incantations that you can get. Yep. Um, yes. Those were so cool. Like, they were almost impractical, I think, just because they're so slow to actually, like, do. But when you could land it and you just, like, wreck shop with it, it was so fun. Well, I'm testing that out because I'm actually using the dragon ones specifically with my blood mm. build. Mm. So I'm trying to use them practically in bosses and stuff and it's it's been a learning curve for sure because yeah they're slow <laughs> build up charges and uh, right. but uh yeah so i would i'd say the spells like how many different kinds like the carrion knight and stuff i found that overwhelming off the bat but in a good way like not just generalizing intelligence build being oh that's uh a glintstone pebble and maybe a I don't know, some higher damage spell. Like mm-hmm. I've seen it all before. It's not like that. It's like, wow, like someone was saying they were going all intelligence. I'd be curious, well, what kind of spells are you going down? Because it could really change how that person plays, whether it's like a slow buildup of like high power spells or like gravity where everything's pulling them in and then they're using maybe a you know, a dagger and forcing them in an up close situation all the time. Like it's just mm-hmm. really interesting how like Equally, I would say from someone doing a sword and shield playthrough, how much diversity there is in that. The same with if you're going down intelligence, you really have no idea what that person's going down when they're just saying they're going down intelligence. It's like a whole other style of combat while before it was like a subgenre, like just a little thing. It's yeah. like a 50 50, I would say, which is great. Yeah, and yeah. I like too how each element is so fleshed out. Where like uh, with glintstone, for example, because that's what I've been using a lot of. You have like your glintstone pedal, but then there's also like your small glintstone pedal and your big pebble, and your like where it does a bunch of shards or the wave or the like the ambush or the sword. Like there's so many different ones that all have their own specific purpose, like use cases. Um, and you know, you only have so many slots, so you can be like, all right, which three of these fit my playstyle the most? So I'm, I have like the ambush one because that's really nice to hit enemies from behind and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah, which yeah, it there's just so much customization and like specificity with that that I think is really cool. 
yeah like i found um playing around with the different ones to even see because you can't see the damage number right so seeing mm -hmm. how much even stagger which is such an important thing in this game like using a little uh i was using a thing that was called slingshot and it's like a gravity like lifts up a couple rocks and hurls them forward and mm -hmm. early on that was one of my only spells so i was using it a lot and i realized whenever you got invaded by an npc like those human characters they always dodged when you'd activate the move, even though activating it just makes the rocks rise up. So they'd be doing a roll, dodging that, not the actual projectile. And so then the rocks would actually fly forward and hit them every time. And if they were blocking, it would break their guard and I'd just run up and get a crit. And it was the most enjoyable little thing to discover in the game, which can just, it just kind of is one of those things where it's like discovering stuff in this game is so fun. But that was something for mm -hmm. me. I went, okay, so this actually has a lot of like stagger impact damage for this, this move, even though it's not... Like you have you have to have all three rocks hit for a decent amount of damage, which is very rare. But even just one rock hitting, I was able to like stagger big bears with it and things like that. And I was like, okay, this is nice. I really like this. I didn't know, and I wouldn't have thought of it. It just worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys think of the caves and catacombs? Kind of like a way to fill the world with different little mini dungeons, right? The kind of, you think of Breath of the Wild, they had all the little shrines with just puzzles, basically. I'm personally a huge fan of these over the shrines, um, but what do you guys think? Jesse, why don't you go first? Um, I I like a lot about those caves and catacombs. Um, one point I was wanting to definitely share is like, I really like how there's a predictable part two like if it's a mine or a, a catacomb catacombs usually have the uh things to upgrade your spirits in them yeah, like the, the glove wart. plant right yep. yeah and then the mining ones usually have the materials to upgrade your weapons the stones mm -hmm. and i like that predictability because it's in the in my opinion the right way is like you get excited you know what you're expecting why you're going to go down a mine compared to a catacombs if you're hoping to upgrade yep. those things but then there's also the unpredictableness is you still don't know, even though it's a catacomb, what it has underneath. And I haven't found any kind of like repetitive in the style of how you approach that catacomb. You know, there's reused assets as in the tunnels and stuff, but like from one catacomb being, oh, I need to sneak behind these super strong enemies that there's just, you're not meant to even kill these guys at the level that maybe you're around this. You could, but if you mm -hmm. sneak it, you can get through way better, maybe find some more hidden things. And then another one having like more illusionary walls being the focus, like so right. different in each way that I still have not found it like repetitive in that way, but then predictable in good ways to help teach you the purpose or the value in those kind of specific cave systems. It's great. Yeah, I, I kind of have mixed feelings on them, I think because uh, some of them I really like uh, and some of them I definitely like less uh, like the heroes graves ones I think it's called where they have like just the traps everywhere those for me <laughs> I found really unfun I did not like I get into those and then try it like once be like no fuck this I'm out and I just like kind of <laughs> gave up on those whereas like the mines I actually love going through because there's so much like mm. verticality in their design um, and it creates like the the positioning of you and the enemies i thought was really interesting in every single one of those where you'd get put in these just shitty situations where there'd be a guy casting spells from you way up there and you can't really get to him and there's like two guys that are messing with you down here so it was just like hard in a different way than most of the game is hard and they felt like claustrophobic and fun um mm -hmm. so yeah it was kind of a mixed bag for me 
uh i found myself wishing that they were um a little more varied i guess like i think they run into a similar issue as breath of the wild did where it's trying with its shrines where you know you have like your puzzle shrines your combat shrines your like blessing shrines and stuff like that and after you do enough of them they kind of start to blend together a little bit um but i definitely think it had that issue less here um just because i think the what's actually inside them is more varied even if they follow kind of a similar yeah. format with one another yeah. um uh yeah yeah, for me, I thought it was uh, one of those things where, like, you don't have to go into any of these, and that's w what was kind of neat about them. Just like the shrines in Zelda, it's like you want an item where you say a future playthrough, you know what's in that specific cave. You're gonna make a mental mm -hmm. note. Okay, I need to get to that cave on my next playthrough because I really like that item, or I like that weapon, or I like that talisman, and uh, I want to go get it. But then, you know, on a future playthrough, when you know that there's something in that cave that you don't really care about, maybe you'll just go there to get XP from like the boss or something. I don't know, but I mean most of the like when i think of playing the game again there's definitely some caves that i'm like ah, i don't need to worry about those ones at least not right away so um that's something i really like and then just on the same topic as the caves and catacombs i i didn't really put a topic over here for it but those big the big like i don't remember what they called them but the big castle like dungeons you know that you do before fighting a rune boss those are so dense and so amazing and still Stormvale <laughs> is hands down my favorite one just in terms of like the way it looks uh all the different areas you can find and explore in the different routes you can take it feels like an actual castle you could explore every little nook and cranny of building and like the stuff down in the basement too it's just there's all kinds of cool surprises there and i think that's really really cool what have you guys uh do you guys get to explore many of those or yeah, I, I like that they definitely you can really explore as much or as little of those as you want, where uh, like Limgrave, I just found more fun to explore than the dungeon in the, I think legacy dungeons, they call them uh, the, the right. one in Thank the you. lake area whose name I forget. Um, like with that one, I just kind of like sprinted for the boss and beat it was like all right cool then haven't really explored it much mm -hmm. further since then uh whereas limgrave i did explore pretty thoroughly and because i was interested in all the little secret passageways and stuff there uh which i like i i think oftentimes in games there's this feeling of like oh like it's an optional area you don't really have to go there but you do like <laughs> it's it's optional only if you want to be severely underpowered the rest of the game um, but I definitely didn't get that sense from Elden Ring because there's just so many options and places to explore that any single one, if you skip it, you're fine. If you're skipping everything you see, you're going to be underleveled. But like if something's not interesting to you, you don't have to do it more so in Elden Ring than in most games, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, and so even when we talk about the, the caves, they had the smithing stones or the somber smithing stones for upgrading items and unique items and stuff. Uh, there's also uh, you know the catacombs for the glove wart for upgrading your spirits. And I think the catacombs were a lot more like puzzle-based. The uh, legacy dungeons uh, that you reminded they were called, uh, those are supposed to be more like your classic Dark Souls experience, more claustrophobic, more dense, lots mm -hmm. of uh, enemies and things to explore in, and very like detailed in terms of like finding shortcuts and stuff like that. Um, I 
think it's neat how there's a little bit for people who like different stuff. You said you liked exploring Limgrave more than Legacy Dungeons, right? I personally had the opposite, but I think it, but I don't dislike exploring Limgrave. It's just interesting how they have kind of a little bit for a bunch of different kinds of players, right? You have people who like puzzles and going through like maybe a little catacomb or maybe someone who specifically just loves checking out those caves, right? I think that that's really cool because you have people who want to do those specific things and do all of them because they have a blast doing them or people who just want to explore the world and just stay on the surface. There's enemies that drop smithing stones. There's enemies that drop, drop glove wart. Like you don't have to do those caves to get those items. You, it's just a way to guarantee you're going to get those items. And I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I did not know enemies drop the glove warts. I got to look out for that. <laughs> I need those. <laughs> um, I, talking about the Lyernia of the Lake Castle Legacy Dungeon uh, before facing the what for me was the second rune uh, bearer, um, I'm going to say a little thing that I've discovered there because I thought that was really, really cool to me. And uh, just talking about how you were rushing through, I explored the heck out of that castle as much as I could and went down to the point. Do you remember where there's like that? I think it's a water wheel, right? And you can go down, down, down. I get know to the what bottom. you're going to say. Oh, do you? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I don't remember when, because we're talking again, of course, like 100 hours ago <laughs> of playing um, and like two weeks ago. But um, I went down and there's like one of these, I think they're called an iron virgin. <laughs> I think that's what the enemy is yeah. called. And they like have these like spinning blade metal arms. It's like basically a big metal coffin thing. And uh, I went down there and it, that thing was chasing me down. I ran away and I escaped it. No problem. And I got away, continued the dungeon, etc. I think I found a, Jesse, if you know what I'm talking about, then... Do you remember yeah. if it's a note or if it's a person that talked to me? I think it's a note. It's Yeah, it's a person. Oh. It's actually the second step, I think, for a quest that you could have met, missed at the beginning of Limgrave. But there's okay. a quest with an NPC. And if you continue that further, you will see them at the lake somewhere. And that person will give you a tip about what's down below there and why you might want to oh. be interested in it. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I like I got a tip that basically you want to get killed by this iron thing down below. And I thought, huh, I know exactly what that person's talking about. Because they kind of hint at it too. They don't really specifically say, go die from this. They're just like, hey, there's a rumor that if you get like uh, consumed by this thing, something else could happen. So I do, and I die, and I lose all my runes. And I'm like, oh shoot. And it goes to a loading screen. And then I appear, and I'm in a totally new area. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. No way. And like the enemy could have killed me in a certain way, but you have to get killed by getting grabbed and absorbed up inside, I think. And it was yeah. wild. So then I just continued through and I'm in a cave and I'm like, I don't know where I am. There's like maybe just the checkpoint right there or there's none until a little bit further. But I'm like, this is amazing. Go for it. Fight the boss. And I was just like, that was so neat. Get a cool <laughs> item for it. And just like the fact that, you know, like you said, running through it, you wouldn't notice, or you wouldn't even know that that thing is down there, possibly. And so, even if you got that tip from that guy, you wouldn't necessarily know where to go until you went through and explored it. And I think that, like that, in a nutshell, is exactly what I love about Dark Souls and Elden Ring, and just all those games is how much you can miss and how much you can discover if you ever play it again. You know, ten years later, you decide, you know what, I'm going to go back and play this game, and 
you play it and you go, I do not remember this at all. That is wild. That's the coolest thing. Or you, you just <laughs> go down and you fight that thing and it consumes you. And then you appear somewhere else by accident. And you didn't even talk to the guy. You didn't even get a note. And you're like, what just happened to me? You know, like, that stuff's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Anything else on caves, catacombs, legacy dungeons you guys want to talk about before we move on? Well, I think it's about it for me. Okay. I'd say I do like that you can uh, leave the legacy dungeons like at any grace, oh, yeah. site of grace mm. and continue exploring. Because I found even in my experience, like there's times when you're playing the game, you feel like doing more legacy dungeon stuff, more of a challenge up in your face. You're going through this linear challenge trial basically until the final boss or whatever it is and sometimes i don't feel like doing that but i'm already in the middle of a dungeon and then it's like i'm hopping on playing the game i can just leave go back to my open world exploration and then continue on whenever i feel like it like just like the caves where you can't travel i just see that they could have made it more of this at the front right. gate you're basically locking into this challenge and you're in it until you forfeit the whole thing, but I'm just glad that they didn't do it that way. I found it's just a good balance of how you want to play the game, that play session, and you're not mm -hmm. really penalized. So, Oh, totally. That's a good point. They totally could have dark souls it and just made it. So you have to yeah. get, run all the way back. If you, if you don't like what you're experiencing, uh, just to actually even answer Ziggy's original question way, way back at the beginning of the show, he was asking, you know, what game you would suggest to someone new, or if this is what the one you would suggest to somebody who's new to these games. And I agree with you, Jesse, I totally would suggest this game. And when you were talking earlier, I was thinking about the fact that like, cause you were saying dark souls one almost. Uh, and I was thinking, yeah. I, I, I understand why you'd say that. Um, but when I think of Dark Souls 1, I think of a lot of running back. You get really far in an area and you accidentally forget and you sit down at a bonfire and you go, oh, damn, now when I die, I'm going back to that spot. And now you're saying you have to run all the way back to Firelink Shrine in order to go and like, do something. And yeah, it is a, a lot of backtracking, a lot of going back and forth. And, and it's so far in the game before you can even teleport. So um, I think just even just because the teleport option right off the bat and be able to like kind of run around go anywhere i I'd definitely give this my 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 opinion as this is the one you got to start with for sure i think either this one or sekiro just kind of bounce off that i i yep. almost think sekiro is a better one just because it is so stripped back um but it also is like so punishing and hard and like whereas elden ring totally gives you the option of if you're stuck you know go do something else like you're saying jesse like if you're just not having fun in a legacy dungeon teleport out and go level up like do something else have fun don't just get frustrated um whereas that is not sekiro <laughs> sekiro is very much about just like hitting your head against a wall until it breaks um but I, I don't know like for for me i'm trying to think like if before i'd played bloodborne and sekiro i just jumped into this like i I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I, I don't know. I, th I think a lot of that would have been just overwhelming. Um, but, but yeah, that's yeah, kind I almost of said a, Sekiro. Kind of a side tangent. Um, no, I agree. Uh, so off that, um, one thing I kind of just wrote this down in our notes, uh, but cause I want to talk about it is uh progression, which we've sort of touched on a bit, but I think, progression is kind of a different beast when it comes to uh like an open world game as opposed to the traditional uh linear souls game 
Um, mm-hmm. How did you guys find it? Like, because for me, I liked it, but I personally kind of wish that they had changed their usual style of progression to match the genre a little bit better, if that makes sense. Uh, like the the big one for me, I think, is the whole thing of like your currency and XP are all the same thing and you lose it all and you die like the the souls or like or blood runes or whatever they're called runes um or like i was trying to think bloodborne i forget what it's called um the the blood echo rune souls blood blood (laughs) echo yeah (laughs) um i don't necessarily think that works as well in the open world format mostly just because for me i found myself being discouraged from exploring a certain place and it, and it kind of created a weird rhythm for me where i'd do something and i'd get a bunch of runes but not enough to level up and because i'd have like fourteen thousand runes my like, god it'd fucking suck if i died with all this instead of like keeping playing the game i'd go teleport to my grind spot grind for like five minutes be like Woof, all right and get rid of those runes and level up and then go do something else um which i feel like is definitely not the most fun way to play it but that's kind of like what it was pushing me into so i kind of wish it had I like the risk. I like the risk of board. I, I do think that's a necessary part of it. But having that be so tied to progression for me, I found pushed me into kind of a weird play style. I'm not sure you guys feel about that. If you guys had like a similar experience or anything. Okay. Well, I definitely want to talk on this because uh, I understand where you're coming from there. And I obviously don't have an issue with the way it is right now, but I mm-hmm. also don't think there'd be any, I'd be very interested to see if they made another open world and they did the experience money leveling up skill points thing, the same way Sekiro did where you're getting new moves and you're getting new abilities. It still mm-hmm. ideally has a way where you can have different weapons and, but maybe it's a little bit more generic in what abilities you get. But let's say Makiri counter from Sekiro where you could step on their stab move, right? And like, mm-hmm. if you could do that, just did, like now you can do that with a B or circle. That would be really cool to unlock. And I think that'd be an interesting thing for the future. Um, but to talk about like the having to go back and use your souls, I definitely don't like that feeling for sure. And I think it's just a having to adjust the way we think about leveling up. That is really tricky. Um, because Mm -hmm. we're getting experience points for lack of a better term you're getting runes Um, you want to keep them you want to get another level higher and another level higher but really there's always going to be another level higher and ultimately your level isn't going to make you do more damage not not a lot until you're like way further down the road Uh, it's gonna be mainly your weapon right and so i think worrying about level isn't something people should be doing when they're trying to make progress. They should be focusing on beating the enemies and getting further to the next sit-down bonfire point. If you get through all those guys and you get to that next point, you're going to find yourself with a bunch of runes. And if you don't find yourself with many, you're way overpowered. And if you want to get a level, you're going to go to an area where you know you can like fight a bunch of guys, farm a bunch of runes, and then level up. But if you're trying to make progress and you're trying to level up, I think that's where it's a that, like a tough mentality to have because you're playing almost in fear or you're also playing where you're like frustrated if you lose because then you lost all your stuff and then maybe you don't know where to go or you forgot which way if you went left or right you're trying to find your way back and then you die from a little trap that you saw before but you forgot about it that time so you get shot in the back with an arrow and like things like that are really frustrating it's really hard to progress but if you're focusing on it as like okay i want to find the next bonfire okay that way i died this time i need to approach that guy this way and i think not worrying about it as much as not necessarily a fix, but I think it helps with with that 
with that issue um, because I think that regardless, if you're making progress, you're going to end up with runes at your next bonfire. Mm -hmm. And um, But if it's not enough to level up, you just progress to your next bonfire and just keep going. Um, but they also give you the consumable, right? You have the, the consumables you can pop. That is, in my opinion, intended for those moments where you don't quite have enough. Mm -hmm. You pop a few of those. Now you have enough, yeah. maybe a little bit over. You level up, move on, and that's it. So anyways, that's my that's my opinion on it. Uh, that's the way and I get through it myself. For me, I feel like that like that's kind of the issue for me is having to split your mindset between okay, either I'm progressing like either I'm progressing the game or I'm progressing my character because I just want to be progressing the game all the time. Like to me, just focusing on progressing my character isn't really that fun. Um so which is kind of why I wish I could be just doing both or either that or just kind of get rid of progressing your character like they did in Sekiro where it's less of an RPG and it's more of your the progression is gaining new abilities and stuff like that which is less of hard progression than in something like Elden Ring um, so I guess for me in a potential Elden Ring 2 or just another FromSoft open world game like a big thing that I would like to see change is just finding a way to alleviate that split mindset whether that's combining the mindsets like you're saying so you're progressing as you're like you're progressing you're leveling up as you're progressing or find just find or or just find a way to make uh progressing your character more fun and still an efficient way because i think that they're at like their shot at fixing it in this game is just exploration but i think exploration progresses you so like, it's just not nearly as effective as going to the little ball spot and running a circle around the ball and getting 2,000 runes and running back up. And, like, because that's mm. just so much quicker. That's always just what I would go towards. Um, like, my fucking monkey brain would always choose the thing that's rewarding me more than the thing that's rewarding me less, right? Um, which, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's just something that they can iterate on in a sequel. I, I just not, like, a horrible thing. But definitely in at a Elden Ring 2, I'd, I'd like to see them try and fix right. that a little bit. Yeah, I just find um, that people focus too much on leveling up. Sorry, Jess, you go ahead. I've, I've I was going to say, I, I have something to say about this. Um, so, with the mass amount of hours I have played of this game over all of you, <laughs> I have started three separate characters and have played through up until like the second rune boss out of three characters. And I would say off the beginning area, at least, and how you start your class and then get through that first legacy dungeon and then get through the second legacy dungeon. Um, I feel like I've got it down to like an understanding of how much, what level you need to be and then getting through it with a fair fight without it feeling like, Oh, I'm just going against the grain here. This is way too hard or, Oh, I'm just cheesing this cause I'm just so high level right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't need to be split with the level or progression even if that means you only see progression as going through the legacy dungeon, not the caves and stuff. Cause I find if you're not an exploration person and you want to go through that dungeon, let's say the first one in Limgrave, the Godric's castle, Stormvale. your character class off the beginning is so loaded for what you need to get through that thing. And all you need to do is kill those enemies that are in your way along that path to that castle and if you die along the way you're gonna have to kill those guys anyway again and if you kill them and don't die you get to the next spot which is progression and by the end of that 
you will have enough runes to level up. But let's say you keep dying and you lose all those runes and then you run past all those enemies and you just get to that checkpoint. You're going to be short on runes because you ran past them, you didn't kill them. That's going to hinder you a little bit. But also, the way that you level up costs more runes to an extent that I really do believe no matter if you sit there and grind out a certain enemy and you level up, sweet, good on you. Now you're at the high level. It doesn't benefit you much and you still got a challenge through. You got to learn that enemy's moves mm -hmm. in that final legacy dungeon, let's say Godric, he will smarten you up to have to learn how the game <laughs> works, whether you grinded out those levels or not. For totally. progression to happen, it's still playing the game further, right? Let's say I played another character where I didn't grind any levels off the beginning. I just went through and I did open world. I did the caves. So, of course, I was at an appropriate level to go through that Godric castle because I've done all the other stuff in Limgrave first. And it was a really, I would say that was my favorite experience was going through all the exploration first and then the legacy dungeon. My third one, I didn't even go through the exploration. I just went to the legacy dungeon, tried to rush it a bit more. And again, that was the most challenging because I wasn't killing all these enemies along the way. But because I was such a low level, once I killed one enemy, one harder enemy, because I knew its moves, it made me level up like twice, like right away, which was not a thing if I was playing any other time. So in some ways, if you balance the time you spend grinding to a time you spend learning a move set and then conquering those enemies, it will like equal out that amount of leveling up because you can kill those harder enemies that give you way more runes as you're progressing through the game at the speed that you would have if you stopped your progression, grinded out a bunch, and then started progressing. You'd still like my time spent on one character compared to the other one and what level they are at that same hour spent as that character are like almost exactly equal out of two out of my three, which I was like blown away by because I played them totally different but they're similar level 63, both of them. And they both spent about uh, 60 hours into the game. And I was like, okay, it's like a level up an hour. It might not be exactly that, but it equals out to about that. Whether you just finally beat that one boss and level up five times or you mm -hmm. grind so much. So I find it, I find it is really good in that way to keep you progressing if you want to. And then if you don't want to, you can stop I find it is a bit boring, though, if you want to uh, go more of a comforting way of just grind out those levels, because then you aren't worried about losing the runes. I think there's value to, uh, like, you just had the risk of losing the <laughs> runes. But just to know, like, if you do lose those runes, it's like, oh, that was like 9,000. Like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. That's such a setback, right? But the reality is, it just makes that next area a bit harder, unless you want to redo it and perfect it and you'll recover if you don't recover the next boss you kill will reward you everything you lost and more you'll be fine level wise yeah and and i i actually really agree with both of you guys like what you're saying about grinding in terms of um like learning enemies as opposed to grinding xp i i definitely think that's there I, to me i feel like there's just a clash between traditional rpg design and that where which is why i like sekiro more than this game personally because sekiro is exactly what you're describing jesse of like where you're grinding but you're grinding yourself like you, you as the player are leveling up instead of the character which is cheesy as fuck but whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like 
in this game where it's uh, like extrinsic and intrinsic and intrinsic rewards, right? Where getting XP is extrinsic and that intrinsic is learning an enemy. Um, there's a saying in game design that uh, like that the player will always kind of optimize the fun out of games for them, like especially when it comes to those extrinsic like material rewards. And so I think having an XP system and having the ability to grind just kind of naturally pushes you towards doing that as opposed to doing like what you were saying, Jesse, of like just actually learning the game, which will give you in the end a better response. But because that feels less tangible, it feels less rewarding and it's just not really what you want to do. So like, I, I guess for me, like the, the criticism I have is just like, I, I kind of wish they would just pick one of either have progression be focused on XP or have progression be focused on the player because it kind of yeah. seems like there's both and they don't necessarily mesh with each other perfectly. Um, which personally, like I, again, I fucking love Sekiro. I kind of wish they just leaned into that all the way here of mm -hmm. making it. Yeah. Like you can get items, you can get weapons, you can get ashes and those will level you up in some way or at least like give you a more powerful weapon or something um but yeah at the end of the day like the true grind is learning enemies and learning how to just like get good <laughs> totally i i would definitely love to like i have no issue with the way it is right now but i also would love to see a sekiro type of progression in with the the rpg elements of dark souls um in a future game i think that'd be really cool mm -hmm. um I also wanted to talk about the the narrative a little bit without spoilers, of course. Mm. Was it very clear for you guys? Do you guys like or even like, I don't know, for me, I'm the kind of guy who I love putting the pieces together. I, that's what I like about Dark Souls games. That's what I like about reading the descriptions of each item, finding about the history of that character and how they're related and whatever the heck you want to know. Uh, and then I found this game had just so much more to offer when you just keep talking to the NPCs and it's not really obvious all the time, but I do think it's really interesting and I've, uh, I can't wait to play more and just like see what else it, there is and how this game's going to end and what kind of endings I have available to me at this point. <laughs> so what do you, what do you guys think? What about you say? Uh, yeah, I, I really liked the way it was told. I think, they found a pretty dang good balance of that traditional Miyazaki storytelling of like, you know, reading item descriptions and putting these really, really vague pieces together, which I think is a little bit too obscured in something like Bloodborne, where I feel like unless I watch a YouTube video about the story of that game, I will <laughs> never like I will never understand it just by playing through it. Like it just yeah. it, you need a full time job to really understand. I agree. It. Um, whereas Elden Ring, I think, finds a better balance where it still has that feeling of it's not telling you everything you like. You need to figure out a lot of it for yourself. But there is still characters that just tell you shit and tell you how something works. Like it's a lot more literal, like when they're talking about, oh, the two fingers, the three fingers, the bloody fingers, whatever. And like that all feels kind of like like it doesn't really make sense to me until like stuff happens, like without spoiling, spoiling anything. And you like find some things that pushes you towards it. You're like, oh, that makes sense. That's why they're the two fingers. <laughs> um, and um, bits of lore like that are just presented in a much more explicit way to you, uh, which I really appreciated. Jesse? Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. I find there's times <laughs> where I feel so left in the dark. I'm really confused on like... Mm -hmm. 
what choices I'm actually making and how that's going to even impact my game until it happens. And then I'm like, I, I think I misunderstood that then. Like, I don't get what <laughs> just happened there. There's stuff that happens like that. And being a Dark Souls fan, I'm not bothered by that at all. I love it. I, I'll play again. I'll play another character. I'll try something different. I'll enjoy it. But I would say, like, I don't know. I feel like Dark Souls games have never been like that. So how could I expect the story to be more clear? But I'm interested in the story, and I kind of wish... Um, I don't know, maybe some of when it comes down to your choice and when you make a choice, I wish it was maybe a little more clear of what you're doing and whether it's worded in a different way or if it's uh, expressed and described more to you. I don't know what way it would help, but I find when it comes down to choices I'm making, those parts I feel very like uh, I, I didn't feel like I made that choice. I feel like I didn't know what happened and I chose something and now I'm going with that and that's okay yeah. but makes me feel hard to feel really involved in the story like i am making that choice like i know what i'm doing and i'm gonna do that i don't really know <laughs> i'm just doing stuff <laughs> it's like cool <laughs> that did something that that's fair i i definitely made a choice a couple days ago where i thought i don't know if i'm even able to say no to this but what if like i did i didn't and uh the story took a big turn and i was like oh wow okay um guess there's no going back from that decision and i <laughs> guess i hope that that's what i'm supposed to be doing because i every dis major decision i'd go back to thinking of sekiro where you can do a bad ending and it actually cuts a whole air chunk of that game short basically you don't get to go to a whole area of the game and that's like really worrisome for me playing Elden Ring. I'm like, well, what if they do that? What if I choose the wrong ending? What if it's the bad ending and I lose a whole portion of the game? I mean, I'll play it again and I'll get to experience it, but I'd like to experience it all the first time I played through the game. So I don't know. That's <laughs> that's like my big fear. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of it also for me is uh, like my one critique that's not really a critique at all is just like, uh what what i look for in stories which is usually i like more character driven stories this is very obviously not that at all um there's characters in it but they're not the focus and they're not terribly like charismatic um so like Dummy for me eater. i found it Come hard on. to <laughs> <laughs> like for me i found it hard to get like really invested in what was happening like i thought it was interesting mm. at like discoveries that were fascinating but like i think part of why i've kind of started to burn out on the game is just because i it, it, there wasn't much story motivation to keep going for me, at least. Um, but like, like I said, that's just like a very personal thing. What I look for in games that didn't really align with that. But uh, yeah. There. Yeah, I think they could do um, better on the motivation part. I agree with that. Like, I feel like parts of the story, like I'm interested, but that doesn't equal up to motivation to continue it. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. that, that is interesting. I wonder what would happen next. I don't get a no, and I don't know what to do next. And there's no motivation to figure it out. I just basically go back to playing the game. And then maybe I'll run into it. Maybe I don't. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I wish there was a bit more of a push. Like, if you are choosing this, here's your push forward. It's your freedom to choose what you want to do. But here is your more motivation if you're wanting to find more story you go down this route or follow what they said and you can continue to follow that story without it being such a at least in my experience it could be different for everyone's open world but i feel like there's just big segments of like 
I don't know what's going on. Nothing's really happened. And then I maybe run into someone. I'm like, oh, this is continuing the story. Great. And then they leave me high and dry. I'm like, I want to know more. <laughs> and I have no idea what to do to further that. So who knows? Another few hours in, I might find something. But yeah. Yeah. A bit of it also, I think like I'm 50 hours in and it feels like nothing i've done in this story has like changed the world and it like the, the world doesn't seem to have like changed in any way along with the story that's been happening which partly i think is just open world design um and also i'm sure later on in the story it does like you're talking about nick like big stuff starts happening um but i'm 50 hours in that is a long long time that is more than most games are the entire length and to have like mm -hmm. basically no actual story progression by now outside of just like lore and learning what this world is, is like for me, at least I kind of need more to keep me hooked, um, which to make my millionth comparison to Sekiro of the day, um, like that game did have like very clear motivations with Dragon Rot where like, oh, I like this character. I've gotten them sick because of my actions now and they seem like they're dying. I want to fix that. And so there's this like motivation there of trying to do that there's like the revenge plots and this kid that you're helping and stuff like that like there's characters and motivations in that way yeah, that i think just aren't here as much and i don't think that they're supposed to be here like i think that's just not the intention it's more of from what i've gathered the breath of the wild style story of like the grand story is there but it's more about the story of individual npcs and you the player and that sort of thing um yeah yeah, I think it's interesting. So they were working on this game while they were working on Sekiro. So they mm. didn't have a lot of time, uh, apparently, for... I'm pretty sure this was, like, Miyazaki was talking about it. And, like, I don't think they had a ton of time for actual, like, overlap of, like, what they've learned from Sekiro uh, before Elden Ring came out in terms of, like, at least the, like, fundamentals of the game and what it's going to be. So it makes it, a lot it, of that's why it is so much like Dark Souls 3, I think. And I think that's why I'd be very interested in seeing what they take from Sekiro moving forward. Like, obviously, you have the jumping, you have the crouching, but um, I'm really interested. Maybe they do look into that progression system. Maybe they do look into some of the, the McCurry counter or like certain moves or character development from that, right? I don't know, but I think that's an interesting thing to think about as well. Um, the world had uh, a lot of enemies. Uh, I think that is something worth applauding. Um, I think that was really, really cool for me, being able to go to new regions, wow. new areas, and seeing so many different enemies where almost every time you see a new enemy, you're going, uh, hold up that shield, because I don't know what you're about to do. Are you going <laughs> to fly it at me? Are you going to shoot a projectile? Are you going to teleport behind me? <laughs> or what are you going to do? Um, what was uh, Instead of just talking about enemies, like we can, uh, but do you guys have a favorite enemy you want to just like bring up and talk about like that you, that maybe just surprised you um i'll let you guys think about it and i'll just bring up mine uh and it is in the areas we've talked about so it's fair game but the I marionettes like i know what it is the marionette oh. <laughs> it's the the it's little like they're like a little cage body they got the little like marionette like doll arms sticking out and there's like spear versions sword versions arrow versions and once you hit them like a couple of times they just spaz they start flinging their arms everywhere they're swinging blades and i love the sword ones because they just start spinning little pinwheel arms and then they like spin around on the ground and they're like spinning until they wind yeah. like down and then Total just stop go up and then if you avoided all those like flailing arms and you just watch them freak out until they fall over and then stop then you just run up and hit them a couple of times and they die but that first time or even if you're just all confident you're on your horse that was the first time i 
I fought one. You're riding up on your horse. Like, I'm just going to smack this guy. You smack him once. You go to smack him again. He's just flinging her his arms around. And it's just like, it hits you so many times. You get knocked off your horse. You're falling to the ground. And you're like, oh, no. And you hear the deep thud. And then you just get wound down by a whole bunch of other guys shooting arrows and spinning their arms, too. And you just die so fast. And it's just like so confident to dead in moments. And you're like, wow, I did not know that was going to happen. I should have approached this more carefully, right? Um, that was that's one of like my favorite moments early on in the game of just like not knowing what to expect and then having that happen. Uh, what about you, that uh, you, Jesse? Uh, uh, like my favorite enemy so far, or oh, just just, just one, one you want to highlight? Yeah, just one yeah. you experience. Uh, I'd say the the Iron Virgin is one that yeah. thing. When I first encountered one, I just I looked, I underestimated it. It's like it's some kind of machine thing with wheels like it's got limitations i'm totally going to be able to just outrun this thing get around behind her and the amount of moves that thing not. has <laughs> that are so lethal on like yeah. one hit each thing like whether it's charging you or it grabs you or does like a full 360 spin each one of those things like could kill you in like one hit depending on your health bar but like I found have you seen those, those are like way more threatening and probably yeah. one of the only enemies I have that uh, I'd say I still try to avoid or like I feel threatened by mm. and I don't I haven't taken time to learn their moves like I just they're scary and I think they're meant to be scary so I was like yeah those are one of the few I'm like oh I see that can I get around it and not encounter that thing because I feel like it has its danger right like yeah that's a freaky enemy <laughs> Yeah, um, real quick, I want to say I don't think I've ever played a game with this many enemies, like unique enemies, not yeah. just like the typical Final Fantasy, like now it's red. Um, but and, and it is so fucking impressive because they, they do all that. are so they, they do a little bit, but like yeah. all the enemies take a completely different strategy to face, even sometimes like the variation ones, like with marionettes, you're saying there's sword and there's like bows and yeah. Like those are two totally different strategies. Like the the bow marionettes can completely destroy you if you're not expecting them. Like even when you know how to beat them on a one v one or even like yeah. a one v three of those guys, if you're fighting like some people over here and one of them shows up and you don't see a show up, like you're fucked if you aren't ready to deal with it. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is cool. Like they're so unique and they take a totally different strategy and that's just crazy impressive. Um, my favorite enemy. I also I really like the the Iron Maiden ones as well. Uh but I like I'm such a sucker for like monster like visual design and the fucking dogs and the birds in Kaled are just oh, yeah. so <laughs> the Tyrannosaur like, ones. Yeah, I like for a long time like most of the enemies in Kaled are kind of scaled so that they're not like super high level like you can definitely go in there but it feels so tense and threatening because like while the humans are definitely at your level, those dogs and birds just like wreck your shit. Mm -hmm. If they spot you, like you're not, I get, like you said, Jesse, like you're not really supposed to fight them for a lot of the time. You're supposed to just be freaked out by them. Um, yeah. And I, I thought that was, it just made such a cool tense thing where Caleb, like a lot of the time I had to go there for something or I want to check something out in there, but it's like, Oh, I had to like, mentally prepare myself to like run past these things be like oh fuck this fuck this the entire Night time i was there material. yeah it was <laughs> horrifying but it's it's so fun 
Yeah, something about those corpse birds just pecking at you and your horse, just oh. like over and over and over and over again. You're like, just stop, stop, leave me alone. <laughs> My favorite is when you're running away from the dogs and you see their mouth kind of like clip into the camera a little bit. And you're like, oh, oh fuck, yeah. I didn't realize it's that close <laughs> behind me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with the enemies? Oh, the rune bears. Those guys are also super crazy, uh, especially since same mm. thing. They're always leveled like way higher than any, anything else in the area. So there's such a threat where the first time you see them, like I've killed bears before. It's fine um, until it hits you. You're like, oh, shit. No, this is this is something they're else. So and they're aggressive. Yeah. And they're just like a little bit faster than your horse. Also, so you really got to be careful when you're running yeah. past them. It's they're fun. Yeah, I would say yeah. one thing I wanted to add, and I really I don't know if it's just me. Tell me if it's just me. But uh, as I was playing the game and encountering new enemies, I feel like they did such a good job at like harnessing phobias in these enemies, yeah. <laughs> such as like even those like in the lake, there's the waterish creatures. They're called Arribius things or something, whatever it is. Oh, they're um, just like the big frog eye, like black eyes. Yeah, yeah. And they have their little. Eyes dance around spin things but like i find they just focus on like if you're afraid of frogs i think those guys is like creepy pale round phases <laughs> the big black eyes would freak the crap out of you and if you're afraid of rats the pussy rats with their hair missing and stuff and they look infested and stuff <laughs> those things would terrify you and if you're afraid of birds like i am those birds with the ginormous heads and teeth and the way their manners are with the pecking stuff just yeah. just sends fear down my spine. I and then I've seen the dogs <laughs> and how the dogs have the enlarged heads. I'm like, what a coincidence. I bet you someone who has a phobia for dogs would just be terrified with how the snarling, how the teeth are. It's all these focuses on like the fears of each creature and what they bring. The bones of the skeletons make such the rattling and or the, the clankiness. Oh, the hands. Oh, man. The way the hands, the hands, right? People probably have phobias for that stuff, right? And I, I feel before, like each I enemy <laughs> or the ogre or, I don't know, the huge colossal ogre things with like the spear through their chest, like, or grotesque yell with their weird stringly hair. I find everything mm -hmm. has such a hyper detail to it that like I would think emphasizes on fears that people have for these things. And that's what enhances their creepiness like each enemy you see it's like oh man what is this like oh oh it moves like that oh no like <laughs> it's just scary yeah they nail down on those like really hyper specific parts of like that thing that you're afraid of yeah like you're saying like yeah fish are like i'm not afraid of fish but like something about the way fish are just like kind of creeps me out and like you're saying those like watery frog guys like something about how smooth they are the way they move is like it's just gross <laughs> man blank um, face <laughs> you yeah. don't know if they're mad or happy um, or like like dogs kind of freak me out too like especially big dogs like you're saying like the big like snarling jaws and all that like just oh it's so scary it's like they nail the horror aspects of it so well totally okay good the, i wasn't um, sure if that was just me noticing that or no, 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 they, no. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's it's like the weird hyper specific things that I don't really know how to like explain, but they nail it like in just yeah. the ways to make you so fucking uncomfortable. Something about the hands like I I, 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 I don't fuck with spiders and those like managed to take my hatred of spiders to just like the a new <laughs> level by adding in like the oh, it's so bad. 
I find even way the fingernail think. detail too yeah, with the hands. Yeah. Like even the yeah. fingernails creep me out. Something about that. Or they're just Maybe sitting over the in the polish. corner. I don't know. And their fingers are like stroking their other finger. And they're oh, just yeah. chilling yeah. there. And you're like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Stop. You shouldn't do that in public. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there's a lot of terrifying enemies, and I definitely appreciate that a lot in the game. Just like trying to keep your composure while being afraid of what you're looking at as well. Trying to close one eye. Um, all right, well, we're going pretty long now, so uh, let's uh, just go over uh, anything you guys want to talk about. Is there anything else that you want to get off your chest or talk about with this game? Um, and then we'll just kind of give our like final like recommendations or you know talking about whether we recommend this game or not to everybody uh yeah i kind of want to touch on bosses because we haven't talked about that too much and that's a that's a big part of the game oh yeah that's my bad. um <laughs> uh what what's i mean i guess like a, an easy one is just like what, what's some of you guys's favorite bosses that you've seen so far again just like without talking too mm-hmm. specifically but like uh in in those three main areas we're talking about like what are the ones that really stood out to you you want me to go first? Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, the rune boss in the lake area is probably my favorite so far that I've seen because of the cutscene. Yeah. It's just creepy as heck, and it really threw me off. Um, but then the the phase, second phase in the boss surprised me too. I felt like just like theme-wise, it's very weird and interesting, and uh, going through that boss three times with three different characters each time watching that cutscene, enjoying looking forward to fighting that boss in general because of this the spin on it and uh i find the two phases are very different from each other and make you depending on how you're building your character you might have it a struggle with the first part or the second part and i just yeah i liked that really liked that about that boss um yeah the first phase of that boss is so like Something bad just makes me feel gross as well. Like again, that getting the <laughs> specifics, but like the stuff you have to do in the first one to kind of break its barriers down. Like my, it's a, it's a shock. I would say yeah, I my, was not expecting that in this game. Yeah, my my partner trip over anyone. Play it and they were just like, "What are you doing? Like, why are why are you doing this? I'm like, I have to to kill it. It sucks. It's like almost Shadow of the Colossus esque, where you like have to to progress the game. You're like, I don't want to. I have to kill these things. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mind killing it (laughs) um i uh two i want to talk about two uh one godric which we've all seen trailers and everything Mm. um i found uh going through because i started a second character recently and um i pretty much just beelined it right to market beat him first try beelined it right to godric beat him first try and i was like amazed because i didn't really like I did, I did a bit of cave exploring in Limgrave, but I didn't like go beyond there. And, um, and that's not like I, I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at me or whatever. But first time I fought Godric, he effed me up so many times that I had to like really look at all the different moves that he was doing. And I finally found patterns and I finally found like, okay, these are the opportunities where I can actually hit him both on the first phase and second and when i got to him that second playthrough i had fought him so many times before from the first that like i had that i was down to like no health and everything but i did it and it was such a great feeling and i just wanted to bring this up because i think there's such like that is 
such a powerful moment that you really don't get from a lot of games uh, these days where you really have learned the fight. You've learned the enemies. We've talked about the basic enemies and learning them. And like learning about what the little gargoyles block, do the guard counter, they get staggered, then you do the crit. If you don't know that, you're swinging away at them. But if you do the little guard counter, it, cr it knocks them down. You can get a crit every time. And like learning those little things with regular enemies is fun. But when you learn a boss, you go, okay, now I know these are the punishable attacks. These are the ones where I need to get distance. These are the ones where I shouldn't be up in his face. That thing is really powerful. And I think really, really what makes the game um, rewarding for me beyond just beating the boss. Because if it was just about that... There's there's cheese options I hear from Dylan. Dylan, if you're watching this, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, king. did you? I'll be like, oh, Dylan, did you beat this guy? And he's like, oh yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, he died by falling to his death. <laughs> no, no. In all fairness, Dylan actually has been like. So actually, Dylan's new to these games, and he's been having a great time. And I was telling him, and I want to make sure I say this actually in this episode to people who are using a cheese, you know, grinding so uh, experience. Uh, summoning people, using spirits, playing with magic, whatever. There's so many people out there trying to like tear you down because you're playing your way or doing things that you need to do to beat stuff. Don't worry about it. Play it how you want. It's The point is you're having fun. That's what video games are about. And there's always an option to start a new character and actually, say, try to beat a boss like with a melee weapon or with a bow or with magic. Do it a different way. As long as you're beating it and you're continuing and you're having fun just exploring, that's the main point of the game. And don't let anyone tear you down because um, there's a lot of people out there who will try to like just belittle you because you didn't only use a melee weapon and no spells and no other things. And you're like, oh, come on, dude. Like, it's not a challenge run. There's like all these options that they've put in the game for you to yeah. use. Use it, right? Like, that's, that's the point of a challenge run is to limit yourself. Uh, this has like all these weapon art skills. Like, you can say... I don't want to use magic ever. But then there's Ashes of War that literally send a glintstone pebble from your sword. And it's like, well, what do you call that then? You gotta not use, like, Ashes of War as well? Because, I don't know, that, that gets me a little heated because I just think it's lame when people try to <laughs> shut people down just because they're playing the way they want to. Because they will still play legitimately uh, how probably, the, and when I say legitimately, I'm just saying how I imagine the devs intended people to play. Um, and then there's times where they might have to cheese a boss. And that's fine. They can always go back and try it a different way another time i don't know i think that i just need to make sure that's said and my personal take on that uh is i i mean obviously like death of the author and all that like i don't want to read into what they were trying to do in the intended way to play but the, the way i've seen souls games is that they are designed to be difficult in such a way that it forces you to do those like less than stoic tactics like the doing shit like cheesing bosses and finding every possible mechanical edge you can possibly squeeze out of a fight is i think part of the intended fun of this game like if it was mm -hmm. less difficult that wouldn't be there and i think part of the reason why that difficulty is there is to make you really be forced to explore every single mechanic in the game be it magic be it cheesing being trying to exploit their like bits of airtime so you can get them off a cliff and end the fight early like all of mm -hmm. that I think is valid. All of that is programmed into the game and you're designed to exploit it. Um, 
like summoning I, I some people get flack you know for like having mm-hmm. summoning a friend in to help beat a boss they wouldn't put summoning in the game if they didn't want you to use it <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> I mean? absolutely that's what i'm saying right like yeah. It, yeah. And, and if they don't want you to do a certain thing that people call a cheese or like let's say this enemy isn't supposed to fall off this cliff to their death they will patch it right so mm-hmm, enjoy totally. it while you can enjoy it while it's the the game's new and you can do these fun weird things that you won't be able to do possibly in a year from now so like might but as like, well i i say that because like for me that aspect of the game is genuinely one of i think the most fun parts about it is like fighting <laughs> margit and being like holy shit this guy is fucking stomping me like this feels like an immovable brick wall and so with that being like, OK, what can I do here? Like, I see I can summon Sorcerer Rajier with me if I want and I can mm-hmm. have my dogs with me. But like that still just isn't enough. So to, like exploring, finding items that help me beat him in other ways and even like, you know, less mechanically in their things like trying to just find everything I can possibly squeeze out to me is just so fun. It's it's similar to in like a in a JRPG with really hard boss fights, what I think makes those fun is, yeah, like, use every mechanic, every item, every possible combo you can to give yourself an edge. And that desperation is just so fun. Um, And with that, I would say, like, that's why uh, Godric is uh, one of my favorite bosses, for sure. Like you said, because it really, really forces you. It takes away some of the, like, uh, some of the things that it gave you to make Margit a little bit more approachable. Um, or at least makes you work for them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's it's the kind of thing, like you said, I'm sure right now if I went and fought Godric again, it wouldn't be nearly as difficult because it mm-hmm. really forces you to nail in and learn how to dodge his like seemingly undodgeable attacks the first time you do it. Like, oh, how am I supposed to fucking do this? And then you dial it in, you fight him a million fucking times, you get it. Um, and that is just so damn fun. Uh, the other boss actually I had that experience with is in an area we said we wouldn't talk about, so I don't really want to go into too much detail, but like there was actually like story motivation kind of for me where this guy looked so fucking creepy and like is part of this map that like was just so unsettling to me, um, that I felt this bizarre motivation like i have to kill this guy i don't want to let this guy walk around like his outfit's fucking gross everything about him sucks <laughs> um and we'll describe the yeah, environment a little like, bit at least describe it, the environment a little bit so it's it's where there's like the all the the old women that are like laughing and singing uh, and they're all like windmill, gross and windmills shit. right yeah. yeah um and there, there's a boss near there where he's just got this gross mm-hmm. fucking cloak and like all the stuff yeah. <laughs> and he was hard as shit i was like absolutely under leveled for that fight but i don't know I'm why shocked I you like, got I, there <laughs> that's I'm amazing like, I'm, I'm not i'm not leaving until i beat this yeah. guy like fuck it and i beat him and that was so fun oh um, nice and uh so like that fight i think was just like genuinely so fun though like the design of that boss i think was awesome like his moveset mm-hmm. was awesome the reward you get for beating him, I think, is super fun. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to go into too much detail because uh, that's definitely I'm spoiler to that. territory. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's when so... I encounter it, I'm like, this is what he was talking about. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll know when you see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in a similar vein, because um, I said I had two bosses, and, and the other one I'll be super vague on because I don't know how far you guys have gotten, and I'm sure Ziggy hasn't uh, gotten to this point uh, because I think mm. this is really cool and it is a bit of a turning point. But uh, Jesse might have. When you get to the Erd tree, the big main Erd tree in the center, 
just heading up in that direction, right? Eventually, you're going to get to the city, like, right outside of it and the city walls and trying to get inside and get into that tree. That was the, like beyond just me being like oh this is a new game this is cool and exploring when i got into that city and me i was when i was like okay now it's now it's time for some fun dark soul stuff this is getting really difficult and this is getting like but also in like this is a really cool very dense very fun to explore um just yeah that city is fantastic got a lot of verticality a lot of really interesting areas to explore but the boss there and there's a few of course but like the, the main one right outside the tree is the one that i am like that it surprised me first of all i was not expecting this boss and then um and it just the fight basically made me go oh this is how far i've come in the game this is really cool this is a neat way for me to kind of figure out like it just felt like you've made a f progress in your journey it made me feel like okay everything i've done up until this point i can see how good i am now this is amazing and i just thought that was really 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 cool and, um, and I think that, and then the story just changes after that point. So I felt like that was a real, uh, nice refresher kind of really like revitalized me ready to continue this journey forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know we were talking, I can't, I can't remember what we started the topic on, but I know it was to do with like bosses, how, when you're fight learning about the bosses and how you encounter them and stuff. But I know one part that that really stood up for me was even just the difference between like fleshy people and rock people. That's a big one. Mm. Cause like when I fought one of the many little caves that had a rock crystal mini boss, I tried fighting it with my katana because I was going down my blood path and I had my bloody katana mm. thing and I was fighting everything. I was doing great. But when it encountered a rock skinned person, it's just bouncing off them. You can't get a combo in. And for someone who has dexterity up there, I rely on multiple hits to get my damage output in. And so I was like smacking this thing and it's like, I can't even get a combo and you just bounce off after the first hit. You just do that one damage and that's it. So you can summon all the people you want. You can summon all the spirits you want and that doesn't change the fact that that boss has stuff to learn and you're not you know you have to still learn and have a respect for the challenge of whatever that boss is and i really like the like you guys were saying with once you learn either their move set or what they're weak against or what you could have just changed differently to really help whether it's guard countering or just rolling to the side instead of backwards or all those things like, yeah, it's such a beauty to what's fun about fighting those enemies is having that respect for their danger and then finding any possible way to get your way through that thing, whether someone considers it cheesing or not. It's like you just, you're finding your path to how to conquer that thing. And it is so fun, whether it's buy a new weapon, change a different play style in that way, or learning a new mechanic that you weren't even using before. Like, yeah, I do really like that about how the boss designs are. I find they do a good job with that. Like, oh, with this boss, hopefully you know how to guard counter because it would help you a lot. Or hopefully you have a mm -hmm. blunt force weapon because that would help you a lot. Or hopefully you have something that's magic resistance because you're going to need it. <laughs> like, yeah. just has like, the wing. And if you don't, then you're just up for a harder challenge. And that's okay, too. <laughs> like, go for and it. And also, like, if you don't, you can always just come back later. Like that's such the beauty yeah. of this game is like, if you just simply, like you said, like Sam, you really do need like magic resistance and like a certain kind of weapon to get through it. Um, or at least like, it'll make it a whole lot easier if you do have that. It makes it more and fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
was um, headbutting against it, just making it break, <laughs> forcing yeah, it is, to die. You can just go find a different wall to mash your head against. For yeah. <laughs> you'll see how it feels. Um, but yeah, like that. That variety is why I put fifty hours into this, as opposed to other Souls games, is because like. Whereas in or just other video games, I don't usually put that much in because when I start getting bored of one thing, there's just million things for me to do outside of that. Like it, I never really felt much like despair, or frustration when playing this. Cause it's like, oof, mm-hmm. I try something like five times. I'm like, man, I am just not getting through this right now. Time to go do something else. And you can teleport away yeah. and find something else to do. And it's all rewarding and fun. Jess, do you know that if you two hand, you won't, your weapon won't bounce off a rock enemy? What? That's uh, with the katana it does at least the boss that I fought because I only when you two going down dexterity yeah because I'm going down dexterity I can't even use my katana unless it's two handed for it to use its proper stats and so I was uh, only two handing it and when I got to the boss and even the rock mining ones if you hit it you hit it and you bounce off you get damage but it's not a you can't continue your flow of combat like any other enemy. Okay, so it must but be because just, you don't have the I stats for club. the weapon. Because no. I, I know I've oh, used a yeah, katana maybe the full potential? two-handed, and yeah, it's been true. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's surprising, yeah. though. That's good to know. Didn't know that mechanic. So if you two-hand a weapon, you normally don't have the stats for it, but then you do, or you're able to use it if you two-hand, it will still ricochet, even though you're two-handing, because yeah. that's the minimum way yeah, you can some, I guess, use it. Issues. I have also noticed that, uh, with even the, just the katana as an example, it's a little slower even when you guard counter or break someone's stance before you can attack again. Like when I used it on my first playthrough, I had the full required stats and I used it and I could break someone's stance and then stab them, do the whole critical. But when I'm using it with just the decks met and the strength not met, when I break their stance, it, it does like a, a slower animation and I usually can't get that critical mm-hmm. in right after it's better to just keep swinging and doing more damage because I don't have the time to stop. Like I'm, I'm a bit slower. Interesting. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, but it works. So I, yeah, maybe there's a little more to that too. But I found just swapping to a club, any blunt force weapon with the rock enemies, it's like way <laughs> easier. <laughs> it's just so what's meant weak to, to be. Strike. You're supposed to smack them. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to smack them. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, wrap this up here. We're at an hour and a half, and mm-hmm. I think that's plenty long for a review. Um, what, <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend this game, everybody. I mean, I am having a blast with this. If you're, yeah. if you've played any Souls games and you've liked any of those, any of them, then I think that this is worth giving it a shot. Absolutely. Um, if you're a huge fan of these games, you're gonna love this one. You're probably already playing it. And if you've nev- never really liked those games, they're just not a thing you vibed with. I actually wouldn't recommend it for you. Uh, so I do have a, a friend, a coworker that uh, did get it uh, just to be able to play with me and another friend. And um, it's just, he's not vibing with it, right? Horizon's more his style. And uh, and if that's you, I definitely don't recommend the game for you. I don't think that it's going to change your feelings towards that type of game. Yeah. No. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I recommend it. Like, I definitely have my criticisms of it, but I think... I like I'm really fucking excited to see FromSoft make another open world game. Like I think what they've learned from this in addition to Sekiro um and in addition to the inevitable Armored Core game that's coming out soon that we've heard all about um like if they can take everything they learned from all that and put it into a new one I think like it's going to take this which is already I think an incredible game and just 
fucking do something, you know, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Nick. I think if I, I, I would put maybe a bit more of an asterisk when you said if these aren't usually your kind of game, then maybe don't play this one. Because I think it depends why you don't like the old ones. Like if you if you're like me and you largely bounce off them because you just don't like hitting your head against a wall and you like just have better things to do with your time. Um, like if that's just not fun to you, you might actually find this one more fun because it is so much less just bashing your head against a wall and so much more of what I think is the fun part is like finding clever ways to get around the wall and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, if, if just like the aesthetic isn't interesting to you and like the, that core combat progression system just isn't fun, then yeah, you're, you're probably going to have a bad time with this one, but I definitely respect the shit out of FromSoft and other developers doing the same thing for making a game like Elden Ring. That's ambitious and different and not for everyone pretty explicitly but that's their thing and that's what they're sticking to and i kind of wish there was more of that in the industry of rather than taking yeah, a safe totally. easily marketable route just doing something weird and it's not going to click with everybody that's fine go for it mm -hmm. yeah i i recommend the game but again i still i mean i'm always going to look at souls like games like from from software as they're a niche game for people who are willing to go up against that challenge to learn the game and how it works. Um, and I think because it's gotten so much popularity for Elden Ring and everyone's talking about it, I think that equals out to people assuming some people thinking that it's just the most welcoming game that everyone's going to like because everyone's talking about it. And that's just not the mm -hmm. case. Like it is very popular right now. Everyone's talking about it not a hundred percent sure why all of a sudden, but I remember when dark souls three was coming out and it was exciting for us. Like I mean, mm -hmm. Nick, like when we were talking about dark souls three coming out, we were excited for the next one. It was just the next phase. I felt the same way with this, like of course with more exploration and stuff was exciting, but just having more of what we already know and love was exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you've played those Souls games, it's just that again, and it's exciting and it's thrilling. It's a great game. And if you've never played Dark Souls game, I encourage you to try it because that's how I fell in love. That's how everyone falls in love with these games is by never playing them. And then you just try one and you, if you're willing to go through it, you'll love it and you'll learn things. And if you don't like it, you'll know off the bat and you can totally get the refund. <laughs> I would say <laughs> off the bat, if you're not liking it, like again, it's a red flag you're not gonna like the rest of it like it's just they yeah they stick with what they know and i it's not for everyone and i love that about it and like ziggy was saying like i wish more companies would do that with games is just do what you do and make it a good game and then if not everyone likes it that's totally okay like for the people who do it's just perfection so <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's a it's a great game for souls fan and i think it's very accessible for someone who's willing to try a Dark Souls game. I, I kind of so, wish this game had a like similar to like the network test probably scaled down from that. But like a plate like you can explore a little bit of Limgrave and up through Stormvale like like right before the Godric fight or something like a demo 
for that so that people really could try totally. it and see if they like it because mm-hmm. recommending this to people like it's it's a hard one to recommend because to tell someone to spend 60 bucks on a game that they could very well not like is hard like that's a hard fucking yeah. sell mm-hmm. um but tell them like just download the demo try it out like if you don't like this you're really not going to like the rest of the game but if you're into it like do it it's worth it i agree with that yeah um, I wanted to share because uh, I thought I wrote down a few like interesting and I thought really, really cool like statistics either from other articles or other people on Twitter um, throughout the last little while. Um, just like talking about how crazy Elden Ring is selling uh, compared to other <laughs> Souls games and uh, just like other stats about the like how many items and things. Um, so let me just start with uh, Elden Ring is uh, the best is a bestseller for February with only two days of sales. So the beating out, like we're talking Horizon, and I mean Horizon's <laughs> only on PlayStation, right? But uh, still, it, this game beat like everybody in February, and they only had two days of sales. And I think that's like amazing. And then after I wrote that note down, <laughs> just I think today or yesterday, um, I think I think it was today, um, I saw that they've sold 12 million in two weeks, and. Dark Souls 3 took over four years to reach 12 million. And I'm like, when Jesse was talking about um, about like how when we were excited for Dark Souls 3, how there just wasn't as many people talking about it or being as excited for it. There were definitely people, but it was like, we just didn't hear about it in the way that Elden Ring is. You can definitely feel the difference there yeah. when you're thinking, okay, holy, holy shit. Like this is selling like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, that it is the fastest selling game from a Japanese publisher, excluding Nintendo at this point that's wild so yeah that's um, pretty cool very very cool um i'm happy to see that of course coming from one of my favorite developers right um and then an interesting stats from at zuli the witch on twitter um i was like seeing this tweet and it was just wild to me that elden ring has two and this person was just doing data mining stuff i take the exact number of the grain of salt i don't know but i'm just gonna take them at their word uh zuli the witch says uh 251 melee weapons, 28 spell tools. I'm assuming that means like the the casting items. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 mm-hmm. bows and crossbows, 68 shields, six torches, about 170 bosses, and around 70 of the bosses are unique, and the rest are variants. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is a crazy amount of numbers of things. I'm thinking about six torches is really funny to me. I don't know why. That <laughs> when I saw torches. that, I was blown away. I was it's like, really funny. there's six. I thought there was one. I was like, why would they even make six torches? So I'm I'll tell waiting you. to find my second torch. <laughs> you haven't gotten two? Oh my gosh. I've so two, yeah. I've only had one. There's one that, one. There's one that lets, if you read the description, it has an extra feature. I won't spoil what it is, but read the descriptions. Then there's another one that's an actual ice torch, which was cool because it worked for my, it scales with intelligence. So it does, Weird. Uh, it does, frost buildup instead of and it does um magic and like physical damage and i just thought that was cut or maybe just magic is it a white light it's like a white flame oh cool like the the aurora light is cut different color that's cool yeah so i thought that was really neat but yeah there's totally a bunch of different torches in there um but yeah 251 melee weapons that's wild that's nuts yeah 70 unique bosses i can't i wish they put down like how yeah. many enemies there were because that would have been just fun since we were talking about that it's just crazy yeah yeah um yeah honestly there's there's definitely more i could say in this game but we are like mm-hmm. so over time we should probably yeah. save it um the, the well, that's why i was in it there there's one last thing i want to touch on oh here we, we go wrote now. it down here 
didn't <laughs> actually talk about it, uh, which is the accessibility conversation. That's one thing I think this game mm-hmm. actually really fails at. Um, partly because, like you guys talked about, there's like there's no way to scale text and stuff like that. That's one mm-hmm. thing. Uh, one thing for me, I haven't. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast at all, just because I would rather talk about games than myself. Uh, is I've started to develop carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, which has made some games kind of uncomfortable, but usually there's ways to work around it. Um, this game has been actually not good at all for that. Like I've had to really limit my play sessions with it because uh, things like holding down B to sprint is physically quite yeah. uncomfortable for me, especially for a long time. Like that gets mm. really, really tiring. My wrists start to fucking hurt. And it like for a while, I just kind of stopped playing it because if I had any homework or work to do that day, I couldn't do it like physically because my hands would get so tired from playing this game. And I really wish there was a way to just remap that or just a way to have that be a toggle as opposed to a hold. I'd, I'd like, I'm not necessarily sure exactly what I'd want from that, but other games manage options. to do it. And <laughs> yeah, just, just options. Yeah. Uh, like playing um, the last of us one and two recently it is it's a similar thing of like buttons you have to hold down to sprint and stuff like that but i never had that issue because i could go into options and change things to toggle and stuff like that to just make the experience more comfortable um and i really really wish that was here because part of why i've fallen off the game to be honest is because like spending time on a game that is physically like uncomfortable and tiring to play is just not great for me um yeah i can imagine yeah, yeah fair but enough. uh yeah that, that's that's and that's kind of japanese dev- devs in general i found are pretty bad with that kind of thing and i really wish that would change um hopefully that's something that they can learn uh for their next game but uh yeah just, just something i want to touch on briefly because it, mm-hmm. it definitely affected my playthrough of it yeah thanks for bringing that up um with that though let's uh wrap up the show uh for, for sure, those who yeah. enjoyed <laughs> for those who enjoyed the discussion uh you can check out this uh show on podcast services like uh spotify and uh google podcasts as well and if you liked the conversation please leave a like or subscribe or you know give a good rating and all that good stuff i really appreciate it and jesse thank you for joining that just made this whole conversation a lot more fun because no i don't like just talking oh, to yeah. ziggy you know <laughs> he just makes he just makes <laughs> me seem like up. an idiot i'd rather like have two people do that um anyways thanks for all that and uh until the next episode everyone stay safe and have a good one bye